If you've ever launched a campaign, an online course, or a new product, then you know that this is the time that you need to double down on your marketing activities. I've invited guest Rebecca Saunders onto the show today to discuss how she goes about creating content during this crucial phase of launch. Rebecca is the founder of the Champagne Lounge, which you created to give every woman a cheer squad, a community of women who dream big together and who want to have more and want to do more and be there to give them a high five when they do. She's a champagne drinking, post-it note loving, hair-free alopecian who was a video production company owner who today will share her insights and challenges on making launch content. Welcome to Content Catalyst. I'm your host, Deb Zabo, and joining me today is the founder of the Champagne Lounge, Rebecca Saunders. Hey, Rebecca, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Deb. Thanks for having me on the show. Today, we are talking all about creating content while we're in launch mode. And Mm -hmm. for the general public that may not know what launch mode is, it's when you have an online course or a campaign running and you're in the middle of launching that and telling the world about it. So it's important to, I guess, show up a little bit more than usual and um, and let people know. And it's also a time to sort of be a bit more in that sales mode as well. Talk me through the Champagne Lounge and what is it? So the Champagne Lounge is an online community for regional businesswomen. So the whole premise of it is about supporting, connecting, and celebrating regional businesswomen, the way they do business um, and the way they need to do things a little bit differently working outside of a metropolitan area. Um, so we definitely connect online virtually most of the time above our real in-person events. And so launch mode for me is about getting people aware of who the Champagne Lounge is, why they should be a part of it, and just genuinely Um, getting the word out there that it exists. And I think that's the hardest bit for anyone to do during a launch mode campaign. Mm, Absolutely. And uh, I'm part of the Champagne Lounge and it's an amazing network of women that get together on a weekly basis and turn up or not as you like. But uh, (laughs) yeah. It's one of those communities that I always feel that when we do turn up and have chats that I always tend to walk away and learn something just about, you know, life and business and whatever in general. And I know the discussion this week, we've been talking a lot about creating content for launches. Talk me through how you're going about that at the moment. I think one of the things that, um, the one of the things that's been really helpful with the conversations in the Champagne Lounge is that everyone's doing it slightly differently mm. and doing it in a way that's working for them. So I think in doing that, we're obviously all taking inspiration from each other, but also with a bit of a strategic plan underneath all of it and taking and doing what we think will work for us energetically as well as for the business. And so for me, I'm doing launch mode in a slightly different way to traditional online launch mode. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got my in-person events and physical marketing things that I'm doing. I'm going to say in real life, you know, like off the the screen in person. Um, So for example, I'm running coffee connection events in my local town. Um, I live in Mudgee, so regional New South Wales wine region. So we'll do a coffee event. Um, I've wrapped my car hot pink in our branding to see whether or not that's going to make a difference because um, I'm just curious to know if I drive around on a really big billboard, whether people will scan the QR code that I've put on the back of my car. (laughs) So trialing that, trialing some media as well in terms of um, physical magazine media. Mm -hmm. So all of that has been in the pipeline 
up until launch mode. And now I'm in launch mode. I'm kind of listening to my audience and also my members as to what they like about the champagne lounge, listening more intently to the conversations Mm. and then creating content off the back of that. And so Mm. my go-to this time around has been to write my emails almost on the day, if not the day before. So I am not scheduling out like 20 emails to blast out in a week. I'm Mm. listening and seeing what the response rates are and who's clicking on them so that I can write them differently and write them to the conversations that are coming up in direct messages or in comments. And I'm getting my members onto Instagram lives every day, which is a big thing of showing up. It is that showing up, putting your face out there. But um, that's what I'm doing in the moment, really, to to launch this moving forward. I really like that you said then that um, you're creating your emails in the moment as well, because I know myself, I, I mean, we talk about this in in marketing. It's great to batch up content and, you know, we have a sense of calmness that we feel organized. But I also feel me personally that I lose that connection of the current conversation. And I think if you've got your template and your formula of how you write it, it does make it so much easier to be able to, um, you know, write something on the day that's really relevant to what's happening in the news and what's happening of feedback, like you said, of people coming back to you. How is your... I agree more with that, actually, like in terms of writing your newsletters. So batch creation of podcasts, mm. love it. Like get mm. that done. It's going out there, all the content go. Yeah. But in terms of writing content, my my thing isn't the feeling of feeling organized. It's or feeling that I need to be present. Mm. Mine's actually if someone hits reply mm. or writes me a comment or sends me a note on a different platform, I kind of want to know what I've put out there yeah. rather than go, oh, bugger. Like what was what was today's email about? And I freak out about what I've potentially put out there in case I've responded in the wrong way. So it actually keeps it top of mind so that I can keep the conversations moving. I love that because that's really authentic to be able to hear what people are saying and respond appropriately as well. How does your day-to-day content that you share differ to when you're actually in launch mode? So when we say content, is that emails? Is it blogs, podcasts? What what do you do normally? So my normal go-to, my podcast gets batch recorded. Mm -hmm. And I then put that out as a podcast every Tuesday as Mm -hmm. a reel. That reel gets repurposed into a YouTube short Mm -hmm. um, and a newsletter. And that sits on my website as a blog. I don't change too much around it. And that that I can batch do, schedule, Mm -hmm. put out there, get going. Um, One of the things I can't schedule with that, though, is my Instagram reels. I do do those in the moment. Um, because Instagram right now doesn't allow you to schedule a reel with a collaborator. Mm-hmm. So that's a slight sort of um, bump that in is, the road in terms of my system. <laughs> that is scheduling a, that out. That is a painful thing because I love yeah. being able to schedule out reels and I love also being able to share with collaborators because you can put it straight on you know, your feed when you are a collaborator. So I hope that Instagram is listening about that because it is a really irritating feature <laughs> it's, it's so annoying it really is because it also all it takes is for you to glitch it and you just send out a reel that hasn't got the audio anymore because something's happened and yeah. um so that's a minor thing I schedule a post out that goes out on Instagram and Facebook every day Monday yeah. to Friday so I do spend a day a month designing and prepping my content mm. and then another day 
writing the posts and scheduling it. So my actual posts uh, that you'll see going out, they are very much scheduled in advance, but only by a month. So not massively. And you can see the ones that are a bit more sporadic. So yeah. I try and keep the authentic posts through it. If I'm out for an event, if I'm doing something personal that's relevant to my audience, like I'll share in the moment as a post. But my stories are ones that I make sure I do um, every day. So I try and share something. Yeah. If I'm not in the mood to go on camera, I will just share a post or yeah. share a reel as long as I've got something up there. But that's my go-to each and yeah. every time. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you've got a good routine of, you know, your day-to-day content creation. How do you differ that when you are actually in launch mode? When I'm in launch mode, I ramp it up. So we're looking at two or three posts a day, Mm. um, a lot more lives. So I don't normally do lives very often um, at all, despite my background from video production and knowing that I was that's getting the way to that. you're going to drive. <laughs> I was getting to that. Drive yeah. an audience. I can come to that in a minute. But despite the fact that I know that, I don't go live as often as I should. And so during launch week, I do make sure I go live. And to hold myself accountable for that, mm. I have scheduled in time with my members to go live with me. So it's actually diarized and someone else is joining me on those lives. And I find that really helpful because otherwise I will get to the end of a day and go, oops, I didn't do that live stream. The post-it note says daily Instagram live, but (laughs) tomorrow. Um, And so (laughs) that has been my hack in terms of actually getting it done. Mm. My newsletters, I send one out every day. Yeah. So one of the things that I am not doing because we don't teach anything in the Champagne Mm. Lounge. Yeah. I don't have a webinar that I'm trying to get people to sign into to learn a thing and get my hook and do all of that. So I'm not doing your traditional, you've got 24 hours for this and half a day for that and an Mm. hour till it starts. Um, I'm definitely doing it very much more. This is the event we've got happening Mm. today virtually. If you want to come on board, click the link, become a member, test it out. Um, So yeah, just really amping it up in terms of volume. And talking about all things video. So you've got a background in video and production, of course. Talk us through that. So I, my background as a business owner, I owned my video production company for the best part of 11 years. Mm. Yeah, 11 years. Um, We grew from a small team to take it national and Mm. then into some global productions as well, taking on board a film studio in Sydney for half of that time yeah and yeah a lot of corporate content a lot of online courses and live streams were created in that time particularly in the last couple of years yeah Yeah. for sure how do you think that that's helped you now with building up the champagne lounge business oh that's a tough one um and I say it's a tough one because if you look at me as though I've got all my ducks in a row from Mm -hmm. the tech perspective I don't you know, like I had a team. Mm. I don't film. I don't edit. I've never done all of that. And so I have had to learn the tech, albeit I've got crew and friends that have come and set up my studio space for me and yeah. made sure I've bought the right kit. And I yeah. haven't had to go down the route of scrolling Amazon going, who likes this one? What are the reviews? Mm. So I've had that guidance. I also know through my media training, you know, my eyeliner, my lighting and what my framing needs to be. So that has helped me a lot. Hmm. But in terms of the actual 
tech side of stuff. Mm. I'm probably in a similar boat to, you know, to yourself and many other business owners that are like, let's just give it a crack, right? Done is better than perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as far as the results that you've seen over like using video, is that something that you want to do more of? Or is that something that you're like, oh, I just, I I need to work my way up to it? (laughs) I think (laughs) one of the hardest things for me coming out of a professional video background is the rise of done is better than perfect. And I know I've just preached to that being the way I'm doing things now, but it really is heartbreaking when you've got such a level of production experience and such a level of crew and background and show reels to show this is what you've done for people to look at it and go yeah but I can get that cheaper or yeah but I can DIY it now so Mm. as much as I feel I'm turning my back away from that there is always a time and a place for professional content and there's always a time and a place for DIY and I've said that since the beginning of having my production company I'm a big believer that can go hand in hand. Mm. Um, So I think for me, video definitely has its place in Mm. all of it. I think video definitely converts a lot more. Mm. I'm finding that video converts a lot when you've got the subtitles Mm. on it, because ironically enough, people read video um, Mm -hmm. rather than listen to it, particularly if you think about commuting or being in social spaces, they're reading it. So the Mm. captions have become a lot more important Mm. and just making sure you can have it in those different formats. So I think just the understanding of how you can repurpose a piece of content into multiple different formats, it's a game changer. Like trying to reinvent the wheel and be all things to all people. It's it's too much. It's too much for one person. It's too hard. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I feel that that's the key thing is having that balance of, Um, do-it-yourself content and having professional content made because that's where I know myself I've you know used both in businesses for many years and when you have that content library that you can go back into and repurpose that content uh, it just makes life so much easier like you said you can save I've just done a campaign um, where I didn't have to record anything for it except for a live stream I had so much content already that we could repurpose and it was a, it was actually a mixture of both and but because we did it well it it's lasted time you know it's lasted two and three four years in some cases so that is that is such a valuable thing to have up your sleeve when you are especially in launch mode because if you can pull out things to amplify your message i think it's just such a help i know i started looking back through my you know, um, phone library of um, videos and photos of what I can possibly repurpose as well. So it's it's massive. And I think what you've got to remember is it can get really overwhelming mm. if you haven't got a system in place to file that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so so if I gave it in the perspective of speaker show reels, yeah. right? So speakers would come to me and go, can we do the show reel? I've got all of this footage from the last five years of me speaking on stage. Yeah. And then we're talking hours worth of content. And you go, mm-hmm. So you're going to pay our hourly rate for us to watch through that at yeah. least twice for us to find the right pieces. Yeah. Oh, can't you just cut cut them together? Like, no, you've got to tell us where those elements are. Otherwise, we've got to sift through all of those things. So one of the things I used to tell people was, if you are getting recorded when you're speaking, mm. put it on Vimeo, watch it back, take mm. notes of the time codes mm. and keep 
keep it somewhere safe with that knowledge in mind. And the same yeah. goes for stuff you're filming by yourself, whether it's B-roll, mm. whether it's um, content of you just you know doing a task and there's no audio over it. It's all very well you having that. But if you haven't got it in a set album, you haven't put it in the same space, you don't know where to ha- easily put your hands on that. Yeah. That can become increasingly overwhelming, very time consuming mm-hmm. and quite frustrating. <laughs> you guys would just go out and re-record you know? the, the information, right? Completely. So I think 100%. if you're going to go down that route of investing in professional content, mm. um, my top tip there would be write your list of stuff that you can use mm. now, use later yeah. and ask them to film it in horizontal and landscape and mm. grade it into little clips that you can have on a hard drive. Yeah. Like get your organizational system in 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 the right in the right system. Yeah. yeah. Being able to arrange your content is so important, isn't it? What about adapting to trends and changes? I mean, ChatGPT is only just 12 months old. It's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. It's like what did we do beforehand? You know, it's like <laughs> Tell me about how you go about staying up to date with all the tech oh. and the changes with social media like the algorithm oh my gosh well after rocking in the corner with a glass of wine for a little while going why <laughs> do I have to change again um no look, I I stay a broad overview of what's going on mm. rather than deep dive into the shiny stuff so trends on reels trends on certain things I'm not really a trend follower I've mm. always been someone that says walk your own way, do your own beat, have your own style. So I've never gone to that element. And being part of a community, well, we've had the conversation in the last couple of weeks, right? In the community inside the Champagne Lounge, where you have the social media experts, where you go, Mm. can you just like tell me the top two or three things I need to be aware of so I don't dive down a rabbit hole? Mm. And they'll share that with us, right? So it's about having those trusted people in your network that gives you the, this is what you need to know. Mm. rather than going down a rabbit hole I think yeah. it's really important yeah um I then don't use a lot of chat GPT or AI at the moment other mm. than to say I've written a half a dozen posts I'll go can you just rewrite this in six different ways yeah perfect like that works really well for me mm. um same with my captions and my transcriptions on my podcast the platform does that for me mm. so I will review that and that saves me a lot of time Anna saved a lot of money, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of what used to be possible. Um, but I'm just very cautious for me personally how much I do do via chat GPT or via any AI platform because I'm worried a little bit that it'll become too generic mm-hmm. and I'll take my finger off the pulse. Yeah. And I believe what I do is about connection and conversation. Yeah. And if I've got a robot doing that, that's inauthentic for me. It's interesting. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, recommend to use it to write out blogs and things like that. And I've used it for those purposes. And then I end up looking at the outline and I end up just rewriting it. So mm-hmm. I think it's great to have inspiration. I think it's awesome to give you ideas, um, but I wouldn't recommend doing a copy and paste into mm-hmm. my 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 web page for a blog or sending out an email on that because it doesn't have that human element. And the whole point of hearing from me is that you have my opinion and my expertise on something. And I think that can be lost. And you don't know where that information has been sourced from either. How accurate is that information? You know, especially when you're talking about technical things as well, you've got to question that. 
Um, the other thing that AI, I notice in a lot of Facebook groups, a lot of people, you know, ask about AI with talking about video um, mm-hmm. and being able to chop up clips. And if I look at all of the platforms at the moment, um, like Riverside, we were in having a play with today with podcasting and I was looking at their, you know, things that they can chop up and um, it seems like everyone's got a platform to be able to make snippets out of video. Have you used many of those at the moment and do you find them useful? I know descriptors, you know, everyone's talking about Descript, everyone's talking about Opus Clip. Um, mm. What about, what's your feedback on on using those programs? Um, I use Riverside's Magic Clips mm-hmm. when I'm doing my podcast and I do it with my with my expertise and my background. Mm. So I'll do it because I've listened to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I have done the podcast interview myself and I know what I'm looking for in a snippet. So yeah. I have listened to yeah. some of the snippets and some of them I will use as they've provided mm-hmm. and others I'll go, hmm, don't quite like that. I'm going to mm. change it. Mm. And so I think it's really important to be aware of what the clips are so it's very easy for you to pass it on to a virtual assistant Mm. or a podcast editor editor or someone like that who'll just use these tools Mm. and not actually listen to the content for the Mm. context of what you're wanting the content to be for Mm. and so they definitely have their purpose they're super helpful but I do think it's edge on the side of caution in terms of just copying and pasting almost Mm. or taking what they give you because sometimes it's wrong. Mm. And then you're just pushing out content for the sake of pushing out 40 reels because it chopped it up for you. Yeah. I mean, without any relevance chop up, it comes up with six reels. I use one. Yeah. You know, so, um, I'm aware that I don't want to become a content creation machine. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And so tell us a little bit more about the Champagne Lounge because you are in launch and hopefully uh, people listening will actually see your content uh, (laughs) online as well as uh, if they're subscribed to your newsletter or whatever. What can people expect in the Champagne Lounge? So the Champagne Lounge, as I mentioned before, is about conversation, connection and celebration. So we're all about supporting regional businesswomen in their business, in their lives, in pursuing what they want to pursue and achieve. Mm. And so I've sort of eloquently called it a structured, unstructured space Mm. in the sense that it's structured because we have regular virtual meetups that you can join, Mm. but it's unstructured because there is no agenda, no set topics, and you don't have to be there for every single one or indeed for the whole hour of each and every event. So Mm. it's thinking very differently. It's enabling businesswomen to jump in and have conversations when it suits them, mm. when they're available, when they're free. And I love watching it going, oh my gosh, I've got 10 minutes. I thought I could just jump in and say hi. And love I've done that. that myself. Right. That's yeah. amazing. Or I've got to swing by and drop the kids off. So I'm just popping in for five to say hi or do whatever, or people bring a problem or just wanted to have a bit of a chat. So the premise of it is we're your business bestie on speed dial there when you need us. And, um, yeah, if you want to check it, check it out. We'll put a link to a seven-day free trial into um, into the show notes. Why not come? Just come see what the magic's like. It's, I love it's it. Structured, unstructured fun. I think for me, what I love about it, it's like in, you know. I don't want to say the old days, but it literally was pre, you know, in another lifetime, it feels that you duck down to the pub for a drink to catch up with your mates. And, you know, when you have a family and you've got different work 
requirements, you don't always get that opportunity to do that all the time on a regular basis and stay connected. And I think for me, especially working from home, it's nice to be able to, you know, turn up to the, you know, to meet with everyone and connect with everyone without going, oh, my hair's not done today. <laughs> you know, what? I think that's the beauty of it. It is that whole, I yeah. can grab a glass of wine, I can grab yeah. a coffee, I can grab a soft drink. Just because it's called the champagne lounge doesn't mean you need to be drinking the entire time. Yeah. Um, you know, you can grab that, you can be in your pajamas, you can be doled up, you could be sat in bed on the couch in the yeah. garden. Like it really doesn't matter. There's no judgment to it. It's mm. about showing up as you have conversations with people that get it. Mm. Yeah. And I and I love that. I don't think there's, without having an expectation of I'm going to learn anything or get anything out of it, I always seem to walk away each week and go, oh, that was really interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm so glad that person shared that with me. And I think that that to me is where those valuable conversations, you know, come from as well. So there's no agenda, but you always seem to come away feeling like, that was worth your time participating yeah. in. So yeah, I love what magic, you've done. See, that's magic. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing your insights into content creation. And hopefully that helps inspire people, you know, who may be feeling a little bit overwhelmed because they're in launch mode of, you know, their online course or their campaign that they're, you know, releasing a new product or something at the moment. Because I think that when, you know, we see other people that are highly organized and can work weeks in advance and, and months in advance in many cases, sometimes we feel a little bit left behind when we're not as, you know, together. But I think there's certainly benefit, as you mentioned today, with creating things in the now because it is real and it's, you know, relevant as well. So thanks, 100%. Rebecca. In Love now with your energy. Thanks, Deb. Yeah. It's been great. And we'll put a link in the show notes uh, for the Champagne Lounge. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you.